We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It's April 6th. It's 2021. And we have eight baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by Keith Eister, Eyes819. You guys might know him from getting beat by him on DraftKings and FanDuel or by content here at Roto Grinders. Keith, how's it going, my friend? Going good. A uh, ton going on uh, here recently. We were just talking about it uh, compared to where we were at last year. Uh, now we can't even find time in the day uh, to do everything we got going on. So, yeah, glad baseball's back, ready to get into it. Yeah, April is crazy right now. And I, I think this is kind of how the schedule is going to go um, for the next couple of years. So we'll have to kind of see how that like pans out. But Definitely glad that baseball is back. We have eight games to talk about here on today's slate. So uh, let's jump right in. We start with the Mets and Phillies. Nine total in this game. Mets, uh, 145 favorite here. We have Marcus Stroman against Chase Anderson. Um, Any interest here in Marcus Stroman? (sighs) 
I don't mind the price. I, I don't love the upside uh, against this Phillies offense that has a ton of power in this ballpark. Uh, he's, he's not my favorite pitcher on the slate, and I, just, I don't really see the upside for tournaments. So I'm, I'm not sure we need him on this slate. Yeah, we, we have a lot more pitching than we did um, yesterday. This ballpark, like you said, uh, obviously a tough ballpark for any pitcher. Um, so DeGrom pitched well. Stroman obviously missed all of last season in 2019. Um, you know, Stroman was a guy with a 4x FIP. His strikeout rate was around 20%, very league average-isk. Um, he did get guys to chase a lot, didn't give up a ton of um, power and induce a lot of ground balls. So, you know, he's always someone that I really like against teams that don't have a ton of fly ball guys. And, you know, Hoskins and Didi, these guys are big-time fly ball guys. So worried a little bit uh, about Stroman, but I think he's okay. Just he's probably not going to end up making the cut. I, I do like 8,600 is like right in that range where I think he's almost playable. Um, the other side of this game, Chase Anderson, um, not somebody that I, I typically will roster. Do you have any interest in Chase Anderson? No chance. I, I think the the Mets are probably top three or four offense in the NL. Um, I mean, adding, adding Lindor to an already pretty powerful lineup. Uh, yeah, no interest in Anderson for me. Yeah, so when I'm looking at this matchup for Anderson, he's very reverse splitsy, and he always really has been kind of reverse splitsy. And there's enough right-handed power that I really don't want to play. And last year, like he wasn't splitsy at all. You just see he, he stunk. Like he was striking guys out or getting hit really hard. Um, really high ISOs, really high hard hit rates, but an above average strikeout rate last season. So, you know, that is obviously something to kind of note here. You know, if it was yesterday's slate, we would be potentially looking at Chase Anderson and hoping that he just didn't get beat up too bad here. But um, in this spot, I don't think Anderson's in play. Let's talk Mets bats. You already kind of talked about how talented this lineup is. Um, What's your thoughts on the Mets today? I love the Mets today. Um, I mean, I, I would go as deep as, I mean, I, I think all eight hitters you can play. Uh, you talked about his release reverse splits. So I, I love Alonzo. Um, the lefty bats, I mean, even though he's been reverse splits in his career, they still hold the platoon advantage. Uh, they're all very talented. So, uh, I mean, full stack is in play for sure. Yeah, really like Conforto here too. Uh, these guys that you know typically will hit the ball hard. If Dom Smith is in that like five spot, that little like four man of like Lindor, Conforto, Alonzo, and Dom Smith seems really juicy in this ballpark. You know, left-handed power in this ballpark is fantastic. They they built this ballpark for Ryan Howard, um, and you know when you get left-handed power bats in here, you always have to have interest in them. Um, anything standing out here to you for the Phillies? Uh, as much as I don't really want to play Stroman, he's not a guy I want to pick on. He, he limits hard contact, uh, decent control. Um, you could take a stab on some one-off power, but I'm not looking to stack them. Uh, if you want to throw in a Harper or Didi or somebody like that, I'm fine with that. Yeah, like Harper is someone that hits the ball up in the air a lot. Hoskins is someone that hits the ball up in the air a lot. Those would be the two guys – that I'd be looking to target against Stroman. 
who is mostly a ground ball pitcher. Well, from what we what we saw in 2019, obviously he wasn't he didn't pitch last season, so you know you have to be a little concerned with that. But uh, I think if you want to play, um, those are the two guys. Maybe even throw like Didi in there if you want to do like a three man stack or something along those lines. Um, moving on, we got Tampa at Boston. Tyler Glasnow against Martin Perez. Um, any interest here in Glasnow? Yeah, Glasnow is going to be in the cash game conversation for me, despite not having a terribly long leash. Uh, I think the the price is fair, ninety one hundred on DraftKings. Uh, Boston had some trouble getting going. Looks like they put up a few runs tonight, finally, but. Uh, just a depleted offense from what we have expected out of this team recently. So yeah, I, I think it class now is in the cash game conversation. Yeah. Um, Boston's lineup is not as good as it has been in the past. That's for sure. Glass now, obviously someone that could go out and pitch lights out. So he has to be someone that you're definitely considering uh, on this slate. Um, I worry about like pitch count, you know, I will say, like, it was good to see him throw six innings um, on opening day. He looked really good. It was against the Marlins, but we kind of expected that. But, man, he was throwing gas. Um, So that's obviously a plus. You know, a guy that's throwing over 100 consistently um, always has upside in in majors. Um, Going to the other side of this one, Perez. (laughs) Uh, Man, the Red Sox. Not only are their their bullpen bad and the lineup's not great, they're starters, man. It's going to be a rough year to be a Red Sox fan. Um, Perez has a price where I don't I don't hate taking a stab on it. Tampa Bay is not as dangerous against lefties. I mean, you kind of you neutralize Meadows a little bit, you neutralize Yoshi a little bit. Um, Perez is like one of the cheapest pitchers on the slate, so for a tournament, I don't hate it, but. Not not a ton of interest. Yeah, but they could still bring in like Brasu, um, Diaz, some of these other like right-handed guys. Yeah, Rosarena is obviously a huge threat. And, yeah, and Adamas like, is pretty good against lefties too, I think. So, yeah, Margo, like, it, it'd be tournament like, only for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to talk you off of it. I'm just saying, <laughs> like Perez is someone that. Last year, he just he gave up a ton of hard contact and just couldn't throw strikes. Um, so, you know, that's obviously something that you're worried about against any team. And, you know, this is a team – Tampa's a team that definitely struck out a lot more against left-handed pitching than they did against right-handed pitching. So, if Perez was like a really strong lefty, I think we'd be considering a little bit more. 6,700 makes sense. Uh, let's talk Tampa bats. We kind of just mentioned um, the guys that you're potentially scared of, you know, if you're, if you're playing Perez here. Yeah. As much as I was thinking about Perez for ter- tournaments, I love the Tampa Bay right-handed bats for, for tournament stacks. Um, I mean, any of the righties, Margot, Rosarena, Diaz, Berso, if he cracks the lineup, Adamas, I mean, all of them are in play. Um, Meadows can, could get a hold of one against the lefty or potentially uh, if Perez only lasts four innings or something, you might have two or three at bats against the bullpen. So yeah, I, I I'm interested in the Tampa bats. Yeah. A Rosarina crushed left-handed pitching. If Brasu is in there, he, he crushed left-handed pitching last season too. small sample size. Um, only 68 at 
plate appearances, but 328 ISO, 409 Woba, 67% hard hit rate, um, only a 3% soft contact rate and a 50% fly ball rate. So you definitely like him when he's on the road more than when he's in Tampa. So it's a good spot for him. Um, anybody against glass now that you're willing to take a shot on here for the Red Sox? No, not really. Devers is the one guy I'd look at, but his price is up there. Um, not much interest here. Yeah. Like where there's no cheap guys, like right. you're facing glass now. Um, JD Martinez got a price increase. Like, I, I think the only guy that I would potentially take shots on here is like Verdugo at 3,700. Um, but I don't even know if I want to use him as like a one-off. I, I think there's going to be better, better one-offs on this slate um, yeah. in general. And Tampa has a really good bullpen too. So it's not like you can get Glasnow out of, out of there in five innings and then have time to do work. It, it's dicey. Um, we move on. We got the Brewers and the Cubs. Freddie Peralta against Alberto Alazole. I always mess his name up. Alazole um, from the Cubs fan. <laughs> yeah, I know you're you're you watch way more Cubs games than I do. Um, I, I was watching them play. Um, Freddie Peralta, any interest in him? A uh, huge strikeout upside. It's a Cubs lineup that will strike out a little bit. Uh, I don't think he will go very deep in this game. He has control issues. Um, and he's right in that mid-tier of price range where you kind of need, I don't know, five or six innings and six or seven strikeouts out of him. I, I do kind of like him as a tournament pitcher. I do think it's interesting. This game has a nine and a half total. It's a pick em game. So it's it's already telling us, like, Wind's not going to be blowing in. This, you know, Vegas is thinking this game's going to be really close um, with a pick em game. And, uh, you know, Freddie Peralta is a guy that has a massive ceiling. Just is today the day. And, I mean, I think he's in play because I think a lot of – I like I think a lot of builds are going to be, like, two of the nine K plus guys together um, because there are value bats and it's not that hard to play two of these nine K guys together. So I think that's a lot of the build. And I think when people start paying down, they might go like Paxton, um, you know, and try to chase that ceiling. So like in that aspect of things, I, I think we have to just consider him, you know, more of just for his strikeout ability than anything else. But this is not the best matchup in the world. So um, Alazole on the other side of this one, um, you know, you're obviously super concerned about wind and all that stuff when you're at, you know, Wrigley. And this is a guy that really didn't induce a, a ton of ground balls last season. A lot of line drives, a lot of fly balls showed some strikeout upside in the small sample that we saw. Um, he's another guy that I'm, I'm just worried about, like how deep he's really going to work into this game. This is a really interesting game for me. Um, and I really hope we don't get extreme conditions on either side of the weather here. Obviously, Wrigley is a, a place that you always have to pay attention to what's happening with the weather. Uh, so if you get 20 miles an hour winds blowing out, you're going to want to play both of the offenses. If you get 20 miles an hour blowing in, you're going to want to play both of the pitchers. Um, and I think both of these pitchers are so volatile that I want to take stabs on both of them in tournaments 
as long as the wind isn't just howling out and it's going to be easy for him to give up some pop-up home runs. Um, you mentioned Alzale's uh, strikeout upside. This is a talented guy. I mean, he throws 95 plus. He's, he's got good breaking stuff. He's, he shows a change up. I, I'm willing to take some shots here at this price against this lineup. I think the Brewers are, are a little bit overrated um, from what they showed two years ago. Last year, they were pretty bad. So I, I think that's closer to their true talent level. Um, I'm willing to take some, some shots on Alzelay here. Yeah, 7,400. You know, if the wind is okay, I think both of these guys have, the you know, yeah. the strikeout ability on both sides. But I also think, like, they're two guys that could potentially give up um, some hard hits. And, you know, that's always something that's super concerning. Uh, let's talk Brewers bats. Um, anything standing out to you here? Yeah, uh, it's going to be the lefties for me that I'm going to target. Um, Yelich is the one that obviously stands out. Um, Shaw, if he cracks the lineup, Vogelbach, if he's in there, I don't mind chasing some power there. Um, Narvaez, well, um, I'm not sure what his price is. He was super cheap today, just hit a home run a little bit ago, so I uh, wouldn't have any problem going right back to him. Um, Hira is somebody that can hit either side of the plate, so interest there as well. I will say, like, from what we saw in the small sample size from him last season, he throws a lot of cutters to lefties, and Christian Yelich mashes cutters. So, you know, this might be a day to prioritize Yelich as, like, a one-off. Um, and he's expensive, so if you're one-offing him, he should be pretty low-owned um, on this slate. So, Cubs side of the things, um, the Cubs bats here – I don't know. Freddie Peralta is a guy that like what you talked about, big strikeout stuff, but you know, he does give up a lot of hard contact and a lot of five balls to both sides of the plate. Like I think you're playing the power guys here, you know, obviously the strikeout upside and the strikeout floor is not great here, but like Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, um, these power bats, even like if Jock Peterson's in the lineup, like get all these power guys and hope he can get, you know, just tag Peralta a little bit here. Absolutely. That's why I love this game for tournaments. I could see this game being four to two with each pitcher having like nine strikeouts. And I could also see it being like 12 to 10 with four home runs from each team. Like it, it's the, the range of outcomes on this game is, is extreme. And obviously the weather is going to play a huge part in how we want to attack it. Gotta check the weather. Um, weather edge is a great tool here. Rotor grinders. Uh, Kevin Roth has built an awesome weather tool and, Something that I check every single day, every day. Toronto Blue Jays, Texas Rangers, nine and a half total in this one. Um, Toronto's a 130 favorite in this game. And we have Tanner Rorick against Dane Dunning. Um, it sounds like this is going to be like an opening situation for Texas. It's like Dunning's going to open and then Taylor Hearn is going to pitch um, three or four innings, I guess. Um, I don't know we'll start <laughs> we'll start with the toronto bats here um they are on the road or the toronto pitching um do you have any interest here in rourke texas isn't a lineup that that really scares me um and rourke uh is pretty neutral splits i i like some of texas's lefty power but I don't know. I don't know if, if I'm going there on this slate, uh, it's doll it's Gallo uh, and, and low. If I'm looking, 
Um, I don't think I want to play Roark against him. There's just there's no upside there whatsoever for strikeouts or anything like that. Yeah, I think you just you take the the risky strikeout guys in this like middish tier to lower tier range and just hope that you're getting some strikeouts more than anything. Like, yeah, this lineup doesn't really scare you, but Tanner Roark is just not anybody. Like, he's not someone that's just going to go throw the ball by anybody, and he gives up a ton of fly balls and a ton of hard contact. And when you start doing that with guys like Gallo and Dahl and Lowe, like, these these guys have the power to, like, take you deep. Um, So, like, runs could potentially – add up really quick um with this one so let's go do you have any interest in Hearn or dunning like this whole like opener situation like the, the problem is dunning is a starting pitcher so that just to me tells me that he's gonna throw two or three innings this isn't a one inning opener situation and then we're gonna have three or four or five innings from from a starter coming in I think it's going to be both of them at like two to three innings. So I don't, I really don't think you can play either one of them. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't think you can play either one of these guys um, on the slate. So let's talk bats. Um, Anything that you like here for Toronto? I do have some interest. Um, I, I think I like Texas's plan here to kind of mix and match these two guys. They're both talented guys. So the, the first couple innings might be a little rocky, um, but Texas's bullpen's not very good. So I think that, that there can be some damage done here in the later innings. Um, probably not a full stack just because you're, you're chasing a home run like fifth or later is what I'm kind of thinking here. So somebody like Biggio, uh, Bichette, those are the types I'd be chasing some power here. Yeah, and like, you know, obviously Hearn is a lefty, Dunning is a righty, so they're going to see a righty to start, then a lefty, and, you know, quick glance is they're very mixed bullpen. Um, Lefty, righty, there's plenty of them. So I lean more in this scenario to guys like Bichette, Hernandez, Vlad, um, those types of guys, Biggio, like can that the guys that can hit, you know, pitchers from either from either side. Uh, lefties or righties so you know I, I think toronto is definitely in play and if they do get to this texas bullpen um they could have a they could have a day so definitely a stack that i'm looking at on this slate and then on the texas bats like i love gallo love gallo like rorick doesn't throw the ball by anybody and gallo's 4200 like he's a guy that i'm really going to be home run chasing with in this slate I think all three of the lefties in the middle there, Dahl, Gallo, and, and Lowe, all of them have pretty pretty big power. Obviously, not Gallo is the one that stands out for sure. But I, I think you could take a shot on any of those three for sure. Yeah. I, I, I hate how they do the lineup with, like, Solik in there. Um, maybe they don't do it today with it being a righty, but we'll see. Um, all right, Coors Field. We got Luke Weaver, Herman Marquez um, facing off here. It's an 11 total Colorado slight favorite at 125. Um, any interest here in Luke Weaver? Not in Coors. There's just no chance I'm going there on the slate. Um, I think the Rockies are, are a little bit down this year, losing Arenado, but I'm, I'm not chasing Weaver on the slate in Coors. I don't know if you've looked, but like the Rockies are free today. Like outside of Blackman and Story, the Rockies are super free. And the um, Diamondbacks aren't very expensive either. 
Yeah, this is a this, is, this makes for such an interesting slate. Mm-hmm. Um, any interest in Marquez here? Um, tournaments only just in cores, the strikeouts are so limited. Uh, with the thin air, the huge outfield makes Babbitt a, a huge problem. I think Marquez is a talented pitcher, but I, I just don't want to play him in course. If this game was in Arizona, I'd, I'd have interest. I'd be in all him. over it. Yep. 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 Agree. So uh, I just, and it's not, it's not that I'm like super worried about like home runs and stuff like that. I'm just worried about singles turning into doubles and long innings, you know, limiting pitch count. And like that just happens so much at cores that it just, it makes it really tough. Uh, Let's talk bats here. Let's start with Arizona. Um, Like you said, nobody, nobody over 5k, everybody under 4,600 for Arizona in this one. Um, What are we looking at when it comes to the diamondbacks here? I mean, Marte jumps off the page. He should be 5k in this matchup. Uh, has a platoon advantage. Marquez gives up lefty power. Um, I think Marte is probably one of the chalkier plays on the slate. Um, also don't mind if you want to, uh, Rojas is cheap at the top of the order, potentially Peralta in the middle of the order. And I think Cabrera and Escobar, uh, and then depending on how they fill out, out the lineup, the prices here for course field, I, I understand Marquez is talented, but it's still course field. Yeah, like David Peralta is another one. Like um, Pavin Smith, if he's in the lineup, he's another lefty that is supposedly going to have some some power. So I don't mind him um, at 2,700. So definitely interesting. Thought I had to see. There it went. Um, <laughs> so I think he's he's super interesting. If he cracks the lineup at 2,700 – to get a $2,700 bat in course, um, he'll probably end up being pretty popular because he should hit in that like six, seven spot. Um, Steven vote catcher lefty. Um, just you're, you're loading up on any of these cheap Arizona bats because it's course. Um, and as, and as talented as Marquez is, it's, it's still such a tough spot in general here for him. Um, and then on the Rocky side of things, like, Man, this lineup is by means no not sexy whatsoever, but like you still have Story and, and Blackman in the heart of the lineup, and they obviously have a ton of power and you know upside. But then you got guys like CJ Crone, who this guy has a lot of pop. Um, I, I definitely like the Rockies here too. I think what what DraftKings did here is is incredibly interesting, and I, I'm not I'm still kind of juggling how I'm gonna deal with it. Like, usually this is the type of Coors game I would love to fade because I think both pitchers are pretty talented and I, they're going to give up runs. It's still Coors, Fields, Coors Field. Um, but with the pricing being where it is, I'm more apt to take a shot. I'm, I'm very interested to see where ownership projections come in on this. But, uh, yeah, for Colorado, Story, Blackman, and Crone in the middle, I, I like, like McMahon a lot. Tapia, if he if he draws the leadoff spot, is definitely in play as well. He's banged up, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, he's dealing with a little bit of a neck injury. Um, they said he would be available Sunday, so we'll we'll have to kind of see if he's in there and what that like potentially means for this lineup if he's not. So pay attention. Got to be paying attention to when these lineups come out because 
it's weird. Like even like Van Meter for Arizona, like he's a second base, third base eligible player. That's 2,900. So if like he cracks the lineup, like there's a ton of stuff you're going to be looking at here. We move on. We got the Dodgers and the athletics eight total Dodgers, a 180 favorite. We got Kershaw against Bassett. Um, any interest here in Clayton Kershaw? I do. And he gave up a few runs, but he was in Coors his first time out. Um, he was looking like Kershaw of old a little bit last year. Um, Oakland is a team that, that I do have respect for. There, there's a lot of power in that lineup. Um, but I like taking – I don't think you play him in cash games, but I'll, I'll be playing Kershaw in tournaments. Yeah, like obviously this lineup is somewhat scary. Um, you know, Kershaw not really striking anybody out. The XFIP was fine. Um, it makes a ton of sense. He – his strikeout pitches that that massive dropping curveball that he likes to throw, and that thing's just not going to work in course. So, I think he's in play in this spot. But I definitely respect the Oakland Athletics lineup. Um, I also think that you know something that I talked about on the podcast yesterday. This game being in Oakland is definitely a bump for Kershaw because he doesn't have to hit. So like he might get those like extra one, two, maybe even an extra inning um, when his spot comes up like in, in Dodger Stadium and the game's close and he's getting pinch hit for. Um, and this is just with them being in in Oakland, it obviously helps his chances to stand there a little bit longer. Uh, the other side here, like this is just going to be a common theme. I, I could just record it and keep saying it, but I'm not playing a right-handed pitcher against the Dodgers this season. I don't care – if a dude goes out and throws a no hitter against the Dodgers, I'll just lose because I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I'm not, not going to play him. I mean, the, just the top five is absolutely brutal and it doesn't get much easier from there. So just, uh, yeah, one, one through nine here, the Dodgers are stacked. They get to add like Edwin Rios too, who had a 377 ISO against right-handed pitching last season, like in, in like a DH role here, like no, like you're you're facing the Dodgers with a DH, like I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out anyway, but I'm out. Um Bassett last season, he he definitely didn't have a bad season. Definitely um gives up a ton of hard contact, has a little bit of strikeout ability. But you know, you look up and down this lineup, Betts, Seeger, Turner, Bellinger, they just don't strike out. Um the bottom of the order strikes out a little bit more, but overall, this is usually a very tough lineup uh to face. Uh, what's standing out to you here for the Dodgers? Um, yeah, I mean, any of the studs, they're, they're expensive is what's standing out to me. So to, to full stack these guys, you're not going to be able to play pitchers at the top end of the fe- spectrum if you want to do a full stack. Um, so I think that means you chase power here. Um, probably looking at like Bellinger, Muncy, Seager. Um, I mean, the, I would love to full stack them even though Bassett can, controls hard contact a little bit. Um, but I don't think on this slate that that lineup construction is going to make sense. Yeah. I mean, you you want to stack the Dodgers every night, but the pricing on these guys is just so high. Um, I, was, I was working on some stuff uh, for premium yesterday, and I realized like on Yahoo, uh, some of the Dodgers were a little bit cheaper. So like you have to definitely price shop if there's any site out there that, you know, the Dodgers are a little bit cheaper. Um, I think Rios is someone you could look at at 4K. You, you know, you play him at first base, third base. Um, 
he should be in the lineup here, and he's certainly someone that has a lot of power. So if he cracks the lineup, I don't mind him. And then Oakland, like I, I want to see how Kershaw pitches this game, and they're not a team that I like typically will stack against left-handed pitching either because it's really Chapman, Kana, and maybe Murphy. Um, they'll play Olsen and these lefties, and they're just not very good lefty-lefty. Yeah, Kershaw's just not somebody I have any interest in stacking against. Control's too good. Limits hard contact. We'll strike a few people out. Not interested. We move right along. We got San Francisco at San Diego. Uh, eight total in this one. San Diego is a 210 favorite. Big favorites here. Obviously, it's you, Darvish. Um, pitching against Aaron Sanchez. Um, let's start here with Aaron Sanchez. Any interest in him? Um, coming back from injury, I don't think he pitched last year at all, did he? I'm pretty uh, sure he did not. I mean, he's shown flashes in the past, but against the San Diego offense, that's, I mean, top of the league. I'm probably not going to try try him this time out. I, I, I know the price is right, and we there's not a lot to like down here in the cheap pricing tier, but uh, just against San Diego, I don't see it. He struggled a lot um, in 2019, too, before he got hurt. Like, 350-plus Woba to both sides of the plate, over 10% walk rate to both sides of the plate. Coming back from injury for someone that struggled with command already, um, obviously he's someone that I'm I'm definitely worked about. Um, he gave up five runs and in five innings in spring training. Um, had, you know, definitely had some strikeouts, so that was good, but... I'll probably pass on Aaron Sanchez here. And it's really like, it's not even Aaron Sanchez. It's just the Padres lineup top to bottom is really, really strong. If his, if his, if he gets rocked this time out and he's cheap in his next start and I haven't looked at the schedule, I don't know who they're playing, but he's somebody that I think has some skills. We might want to target it as he works his way back into form. Uh, But yeah, against pod uh, against the Padres, you can't do it. You Darvish against the Giants, um, obviously the biggest favorite on the slate, highest priced pitcher on the slate, and probably the stud I think you're most likely paying up for on the slate. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, highest strikeout upside, limits walks, just all the skills you look for in a, in a fantasy starting pitcher, he's got them. Uh, San Francisco, they do have a, a bit of talent from the left side of the plate, which is where Darvish struggles. Um but I'm, I'm still going to take a chance on the upside, probably cash game SP one and going to play plenty of them in tournaments as well. Um, is there any of the giants bats that you're willing to take a shot on here against Darvish? Uh, yeah, I don't mind them as, as tournament one-offs for sure. Somebody like uh, Yastrzemski, Brandon belt. I, even if you want to go like Dickerson or Lestella, I, I didn't look at their prices. I, I imagine they're, they're reasonably priced. Um, but yeah, lefty power against Darvish is, is definitely a thing. So I don't mind that at all. Yeah. And there, well, Yaz got scratched on Monday. Um, he was dealing with like a left hand injury. So we'll have to kind of see if he's in there. Like if he's not in there, man, it's definitely smooth sailing. And like, you're really worried about like Dickerson maybe. Um, so big upgrade for Darvish. If, Yaz is not in the lineup. And then as far as the Padres bats go, man, they're stackable, but they're expensive. Like you're, you're paying a lot for the stack. Um, it will definitely help if Cronenworth is batting leadoff again, use him at second base at 3,600. 
Absolutely. Um, and I believe Bam was still cheap. Um, pull that up real they priced him up a little bit. He's 3,900. 39. I mean, Bam is a talented hitter. I, it, like Sanchez has struggled with control throughout his career. He's he has some talent, but I'm not scared of him. I don't mind Fam at, at 3900. Yeah, um, I don't ever hate playing the Padres. Like I'm going to play them a ton this season. And Sanchez coming off of injury, a guy that you know struggled with some some walks and stuff. Like he's certainly somebody that I don't mind you know taking some shots on. So um chicago white Sox, seattle mariners seven and a half total um lowest total on the slate lucas giolito against james paxton um we'll start here with lucas giolito i i think he is right up there with darvish uh, on this slate like the seattle lineup is a major league lineup but they're definitely not um they're not definitely not somebody that like i'm i'm gonna stay away from you know, I'm I'm gonna respect them, but I think this is a great spot for Lucas Giolito. I totally agree, and that's why I said I think Darvish is SP one because Giolito and I'll throw Glass down there as well. Like you have three really talented pitchers at the top of the, the pricing tier here. Um, Seattle strikes out a lot. Probably their best hitter is still on the injured list in Kyle Lewis. Uh, Giolito is absolutely somebody I have a ton of interest in. Um, and then Paxton on the other side, like, you know, we I talked about Sheffield yesterday, and like that game's just now getting started, and how much like Tim Anderson made a difference in and out of the lineup. Like, if they roll out the same lineup on Tuesday that they did on Monday, I think Paxton's very much in play. Like, I, obviously, we don't know how. I can't even be like results oriented because I don't even know how Justice Sheffield's going to pitch. But Paxton's a guy, twenty nine percent K rate last season um, in a smaller sample size. Like he's someone that can give up the long ball in bunches, but he's someone that can strike out guys in bunches as well. I have a ton of interest in Paxton here. It's it's a risky matchup, but if Anderson is out, that that takes away one of their top hitters. Obviously, we're going to talk about Abreu in a second here, who's still a huge threat. Um, but Paxton going to the Yankees, um, just a, a really tough ballpark to pitch in. And his velocity was way down. All reports are that he's kind of getting some of that back. And I mean, this is a guy that two years ago had as much strikeout upside as anybody in baseball. So absolutely somebody I'm willing to take a shot on in tournaments. Yeah, you mentioned the ballpark too. Um, Yankee Stadium – is a tough place to pitch in general, um, not only for a lefty, but just in general. So I do think Paxton at 8,100 is someone that could really put up a big number. Um, so again, really interesting to see, really interested to see like how Sheffield pitches on Tuesday. I'll get to watch a little bit of that game in between podcasts, but uh, let's talk bats. Uh, anything standing out to you here for the White Sox? Yeah, I mean, the White Sox absolutely demolished left-handed pitching last year. Eloy Jimenez is the other guy that I'll mention. He's he's obviously out for a couple of months here, but he he destroyed left-handed pitching. So if him and Anderson are, are out, that's just – that's another – I mean, or another reason that you might take a stab on Paxton. But at the same time, same same as I talked about with the, the Cubs and the Brewers game, I think this game could go either way where 
you you want to target both pitchers and you also want to target uh, the White Sox here as well, because I could I could see the White Sox just absolutely rocking Baxton. If he comes out and he, he's having trouble hitting 93, 94 miles an hour again. Um, I mean, D- Luis Robert, obviously, Jose Abreu coming off an MVP season has absolutely crushed uh, lefties. Mancata, uh, Mercedes is off to a blazing start. Grandal is scary. Um, Andrew Vaughn is somebody who's hitting lower in the order, but has just a ton of power. Um, yeah, I, I will stack the White Sox for sure. Again, it's one of those situations that, like, if you're playing like a three inch max, you could definitely hedge here. You could play Paxton on a team. You could um, stack the White Sox on a team, too. Um, any interest in the Seattle bats here? Uh, I, I played a ton of them last night. Uh, well, you said that game's just, as we're, as we're recording, this is just getting going. So I, I really liked them in the matchup last night. Giolito is not somebody I'm really looking to target, though. Um, I think there's more talent than they're probably being credited for. Their their prices are cheap, but Giolito is just not somebody I want to target. Yeah, like, I don't know. where He didn't really have a ton of weak spots last season. He gave a lot of hard contact. And, you know, Kyle Seeger is someone that will get a lot of hard contact when he makes contact and he hits the ball up in the air a lot. So I think if you're if you're wanting to, if you're not playing Giolito on a team or something and you want to, you know, just kind of get different here a little bit, I think you'd be looking at like Hanniger, France Seeger, like one, two, three right here. I think that's where you would potentially end up. But like, I, I think you could even play one offs of Hanniger or Kyle Seeger and just leave France out of it if you wanted to, too, and just. Take some shots that way. Is Tremel still free? Yeah, he Tremel is twenty eight hundred. I mean, this is a, a top prospect. So, I mean, hitting from the left side against Giolito for free, I don't mind that. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then uh, we'll get out of here. We'll start it off at pitching over there on DraftKings. Give me a guy under eight thousand to get six or more strikeouts today. I'm I'm gonna take a stab on my guy Alzali. I think this Brewers team can strike out a little bit. Uh, we saw Trevor Williams have some success against them, so uh, I think Alzali can get it done. All right, I'm gonna go Freddie Peralta. Kind of stay in that same like game. That. Yeah, I think those those guys. I, I like. I don't mind Herman Marquez. Uh, it, like if if you're just chasing pure strikeouts in this like seven K range, like he has to be someone too that you even like consider. But it's cores. Um, let's go o- over 8K to score under 15 DK points. Who's your bust at the top today? Um, give me Paxton. We talked about uh, liking p- him potentially for tournaments, but uh, the White Sox, even without Anderson or Jimenez, still, still have some power there. So uh, I think Paxton. I'm going to take Stroman. You know, I, I think when we get – the bigger 10 plus game slates. Um, obviously these question is a little bit tougher, but I think those are the two clear guys that you're the most worried about um, over 8k on the slate. Uh, give me a guy over 4k, not in course um, to hit a home run. How about Pete Alonzo? I like the reverse splits in that, that Philly ballpark. 
Uh, huge upgrade in ballpark for Alonzo. He can hit it out of anywhere, but give me give me Pete Alonzo. All right. I'm going to go Yelich. I talked about him mashing cutters earlier on the podcast. Um, I- I'm still waiting for Kristen Yelich to shake off 2020 and-, and join us here in 2021 because he's way too talented um, for the season that he put up last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm not rushing him in, in anything. If he wants to take half the season, that's fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Cubs fan. Um, under 4,000 to get two hits, not in cores. Who do you got um, on the cheap end today? Um, you play half a cores in this range today. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's insane. I got to figure out what to do with that. But uh, I think a guy that stood out to me, uh, Tanner Roark, is somebody that gives up a ton of contact. Give me David Dow for 3,500. I like it. Um, I almost picked Joey Gallo as my home run. Um, so I like that one. I'm trying to find – I keep, like, scrolling, and I keep – getting on to guys in cores um i don't know really what to expect out of martin perez but give me margot um he's always someone that i like i I like to get base hits he's not always someone that's going to hit the ball at the ballpark but definitely like him in this spot um give me a stack not in cores to score six or more runs today I mean, obviously, San Diego, L.A. stand out. I'm going to go off the board a little bit. Give me give me the Cubs. I think Peralta has trouble with the control. I think the Cubs can put up some runs. I always like going off the board. I always like giving out a stack that might be really low. Owned, yeah, I mean, so. the Dodgers and Padres might score six runs on every slate this year, let's be honest. I'm going to go Texas Rangers. Um Really like the Rangers today, and um, I think this is a good spot to throw them out there as a, a cheap, maybe even like a secondary stack. Um, to finish this out, any over-under um, against spread or just money line that you're looking at here? I guess it would be money line, not against the spread because baseball. Well, there's like run line bets I think would be against the spread, right? Sure. <laughs> Um, not that I have one of those picked out, but, um, let's see. Um, the, the White Sox one minus one fifteen. Is that what I'm saying? White Sox it opened at minus one fifty. So I don't know if it's been okay. bet down or not. No, that must be today. I'll st- I'll take the the White Sox minus one fifty. I've just I've got more faith in in Giolito than than uh, Paxton. A little bit longer, a little bit wider than I'd like. You'd like to get it closer to one ten, one twenty, but I'll take the one fifty. I'm gonna take the over in the Texas game. I just got to talking about how I like that game in general. Um, so that game's currently sitting at nine and a half. I'm gonna take the over. In that one, um, if you want more of my betting picks, you guys check out Scores and Odds. Um, I tweeted out the link that you guys could use for my code. So if you like my picks, you could sign up through my code. <laughs> and um, I'll I'll be providing baseball picks there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I provide NASCAR picks on there. Um, so make sure you guys are checking that out. That's going to wrap it up here for Baseball Podcast for Tuesday. 
We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseballs and all that stuff. So good luck, everyone. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.